What the heck is up, everybody? This is Untitled. We are back. Today is November 1st, 2023. It is Halloween week. Not weekend, but it is Halloween week. And to celebrate, I decided to do a little bit of a costume party. I got some fun guests I'm going to introduce in just a second that decided not to dress up, even though I gave a heads up. It, for those of you that can't see me, I'll, you know, I'll end up putting a couple clips up on the Twitter page. So if you want to get a good visual, check out at Untitled underscore the pod on X or Twitter. I am Doug Budabee out of Night at the Roxbury with Will Ferrell and can't remember who my actual actor's name is, but I am Doug Budabee from the film. I'm wearing what looks like snake skin, honestly, on my clothing, but... It's a good vibe right now. It's Halloween week. There's a whole lot of football to talk about, both college and NFL. A little trade deadline action today. And we are back from Green Bay, and I got my guest with me today. We got recurring guest, McKinley Haw. What's up, guys? How you doing today? Oh, I'm surviving after the weekend. And we got our first back-to-back guest. So good, we had to do it twice. We got... Now recurring guest, Torian Lee. You know, as Young Gravy once said, back to back. Now bring that back. (laughs) What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. Couldn't be more excited to talk about what we got going on this week. All right, guys. If you were following last week, we previewed the big game. The big game of the North between the Vikings and the Packers. The rivalry game. We had Torian on. He talked a little bit about Vikings. And we have seen... The game now. We lived the game, in all honesty. We're in the city for over 24 hours straight. We talked to fans, we talked with each other, and we saw what was one of the most regrettable performances in Packer history. Uh, Before we get into all that, Torian, first time in Green Bay, give us the immediate reaction. Outstanding. I I was amazed at what Green Bay brought. really was not expecting some of the things I experienced and hate to admit it. Green Bay is a place I would gladly go back to. I'm telling you T drinking capital of the world, throw the green and gold out the door. If you're just thinking about it as a city, it's the drinking capital. Everybody who wants to have a good night will have a good night. If you go to green Bay, we definitely drank enough. That's for damn sure. McKinley. In all honesty, how does this rank? Throw the throw the game out the window. As a weekend, we've done this for, I think, three years straight or something like that. How does this go for you? you? Know, three years straight, I think it gets better and better, but I got to put this one in the middle. I think first year was at the bottom just because we were trying to figure everything out. This year was great, but it was hard to beat last year too. But that includes a win and an overtime game. That was a good one, and it hit the over. Great game when it hits the over. Not a whole lot of those these days. Um, you also, you know, Torian and I had to stay for the nightcap, obviously. You uh, you helped out our good friend Austin, who couldn't make it today, unfortunately. We hope he shoots a buck today oh, he's while he's out. Oh, he's probably hangover. <laughs> he he definitely needed your help, though, McKinley. Uh, from what we were talking about, before this, uh, he might have had to get a couple Z's during the game. 
you know, for those of you who know Travis and Tori, and it might not surprise you that I had to be the one to play babysitter there by the end of the night. And I believe Torian's words the whole time were, leave him, I don't know him, every man for themselves. And Travis was just dancing oblivious to everything going on. So I had to make sure he made it. When it was when he grabbed the pay-by-mile scooter or whatever and started running around with it on his shoulder, I knew it was time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> that was hey, a that good was, time. That was all jokes that I was repeating out there. We, it's not every man. We all got each other's backs. But in 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 the time, in the moment, every man for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> that we had. I had to make sure we stay out late. Show T everything Green Bay has to offer. So we did it, T, and we got to hear some Juice World too. We did. We did. That was a highlight. That's like a. So it sticks out. I remember that. All right, guys, before we get into the game, let's give the viewers a little bit of a recap. Just give me a quick, what was your favorite part of the weekend? Throw everything else out. Oh, my favorite part's when my parlay hit. That, had a, that made me feel pretty damn good. I'll have to get another yeah. one built up for this Saturday for you to post out. I'll have to get into my lab and start cooking. You know what? If uh, if you send it over, I'll post it. I already do it for the gamers, so you, you get something over to me. I'll probably come up with a fun name for it if you do it every week, too. There we Came go. up with the gamers parlay. Uh, it's, there's always room for more. Plus, we hadn't really been doing much gambling on here. I haven't really done public picks myself up until this past weekend, which, by the way, I think I need to retire from gambling. That is a <laughs> – that is – I need to proceed with caution at least. But beyond that, I haven't put any picks out on the Twitter page of my own since probably March of last year when it was full on March Madness because that's fucking crazy. And I did pretty well. And I think I'm, I'm given a bad name for myself after what occurred over the weekend, especially when I said Travis's fuck you parlay was just straight Packers money line. So, yeah. Happens. But yeah, McKinley, giving the people some good picks. Keep it up. Send it over and I'll give the people what they need, McKinley. Sounds good. All right, T, first timer. Um, I think my favorite part was when we went to like the pregame area before the game. Um, that bigs like all the seven bars in a row and that outside dance party. That shit was crazy. The underwear signing contest. I mean, I, I, this entire weekend is the most I've ever danced. Like, I swear to God in my life. I swear every second we were just swinging our arms. And I think that was the highlight right there. That was the Green Bay experience right across. Like, that was nuts. I'm glad I decided to pull out my phone. When, when situations like that happen, I always forget. I, like, I live in the moment most of the time, which is a great thing. But there's a lot of stuff out there I've seen in the past year since I started that Twitter page uh, for the podcast. And I, I was able to think about it and capture that moment. I was able to not only get the video of those dudes fucking connecting themselves in one tidy whitey, pulling each other's apart, but I also grabbed the underwear, which is... It, Looking back on it, it's pretty gross, but we've been drinking for about a, a whole day at this point. Um, I gave it to T, and T held it up. I shit you not, that thing was bigger than your torso by the time he touched it. Was it was half of his body. 
Yeah, that, that shit was ripped in half. Yeah. And for those of you that uh, are connected to Green Bay, ever have been there before, he's talking particularly about stadium view. Great fun before the before the game. It's right next to the stadium. You can get food, you can get drinks, and they got entertainment all outside. When it gets really fucking cold out, they got heaters galore. It's it's probably the most fun place to tailgate or pregame the uh, actual Packers game. And arguably, sometimes it's even better than I'm just going to say it. Sometimes, if you don't want to buy the ticket, it's sometimes better than the actual game because you got the TV great, you know, and you're right next to the energy and you got people right next to you. Uh, I'm not saying never buy a ticket. Lambo's legendary, but this is like the closest second you can get if you like want to watch the game in Green Bay. I also think the walk to the stadium. Just how you're going through neighborhood through neighborhood. That's that's pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool that parking is free. You never get free parking at any professional sporting event. You go and anywhere you're able else to park in a neighborhood. Houses. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's downtown or they just got a handful of lots right next to it and there's nothing else for options. So that's kind of the unique thing about Green Bay. All right. Moving on. We got to talk about it at some point, McKinley. The actual football game we witnessed. Uh, quick summary: We might suck. I actually no. I'm, I'm going to say it. we do, McKinley. Suck. I think we uh, we do suck. Like we we're suck. we're not a good football team. And I'm starting to think maybe Jordan Love isn't really a good quarterback either, which fucking sucks because we're going to give him the year. We're probably going to give him next year, but he does not look good. That dude does not even look at the second read. He just stares at the first one. He throws it or he gets sacked. That, that's about it. Did you see our GM announced today? I saw it. also said, remember on the last podcast, <clears throat> if we lose this game, then you know we're bad. Yeah, and I'm I'm owning it right now. We are a bad football team. Like very, very bad. Drake May is gonna look really I hate good it. next year. And Green oh yeah, Green him or Caleb. I'm I'm telling you right now, we play the Panthers late in the season. Sorry, you're you're disconnected on my end a little bit. He disconnected on you a little too. All right. We'll we'll get you back here in a second, McKinley. But uh, anyway, sorry to interrupt if I, I interrupted you at all. But yeah, that game against the Panthers is starting to line up a little bit for some good draft picks for the Packers now. You know, I think that when it comes down to it, it's going to be the Cardinals, the Panthers, and us fighting for a one, two, or three spot right there. And I don't know. I don't think the Cardinals are intentionally taking on top of all that, given the Vikings' Dobbs saying, hey, here, we'll give you a chance. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to bring that up later. I was going to let T talk about the game, but let's get a head start on the trade deadline now that it was brought up. Okay, so you, you unfortunately, Kirk's out. You got Dobbs. How you feeling? Well... I mean, Dobbs this season, I mean, he hasn't – the Cardinals aren't too special, so he doesn't have a whole lot to work with. But I just – I'm not a big fan of that that trade. We got rid of Cleveland, our guard, and he was having, I think, the best season of his life. Like, he was rated, like, top three 
in every single part of the O-line phase. And, like, that's been a big issue with the Vikings is having a solid O-line. So to get rid of that, I think we got a sixth-round pick with it, plus Dobbs. I just – not what I wanted. I was thinking – there were rumors about Jameis Winston, and that shit would have been money. He's thrown for 30 tutties in a season. I mean, he's proved he, he can sling it, and that's what the Vikings are best at. Slinging the ball, letting the receivers go up and get it, make a move and see what happens. As a Packer fan, I wanted to say that if that went through with Jameis Winston, uh, that even as a rival, I was going to say that that's like the sexiest team. That is the most fuckable team. I'm not saying that that team with Jameis Winston's, I would marry it, but I would want to have constant sex with a, a, a an individual of that talent. That is that is amazing because Jameis Winston was going to do two things every game. He was going to throw 70-yard bombs like the gunslinger he is, or he's going to throw 70 yards, it's going to get picked, and it's going to go back for six. Constant scoring. And with that wide receiver set, man, that was going to be just so fun to watch as a football team. There's been a lot of defensive games that have gone under this year. I think the Vikings would have hit the over at an insurmountable rate with that type of offense. Yeah, Kirk's a slinger. Winston's a slinger. He just makes not as good decisions, but he slings it. We know, and like that's what we need. Yeah, but, you know, you have any other thoughts on Dobbs? Do you think he's just going to end up being a second string at, you know, I Minnesota? Know, right, right now, we're rolling with, our rookie QB going into Sunday. Um, So we're giving him the start. I want to see what he looks like, but in the hindsight, at least Dobbs has some years in the, in the league and maybe mentally he's more there to pick the scheme up rather than a rookie. At least he, he's been in the league, seen some of the stuff. Maybe he can pick up on the scheme and it, Hey, let's hope it works out. Well, you know, shoot for the stars and, I don't think this is a tank season by any means. We have too much talent to go for a tank. You're, you have a winning season. You're like split right now. You have a shot. Where do you think your backup QB is? I just think we should see what we can do. Where yeah, do you think and McKinley, back to the Packers. Um, what's going on with the run game, big guy? You know, the run game's kind of like – A.J. Dillon's got more – Yards for the year. I know Aaron Jones has kind of had an injury year with his hamstring, but I think that our run game might be the only thing we somewhat got going for us, and it seems like those are the only passes that Jordan Love can actually make is to his running backs. Yeah. I uh, I was saying a little bit ago that I thought that the running backs were going to be utilized a little bit more like wide receivers. And I can see that with LaFleur's system. It would be nice to have a little bit more of a wide receiver presence because it's easy to blame Jordan Love because he does a lot of things really bad right now. But there was a lot of drop passes too. These wide receivers have got to help out in some way. They cannot touch the ball right in their chest and it cannot hit the ground if it's, you know, it's almost no contact. It's not like the defense is making a play. They're just dropping balls. Did you see the comment our GM made today on Twitter where he said 
that these next 10 or 11 games are going to determine whether or not Jordan Love plays for us next year or if we go for a QB in the draft? Well, yeah, you got to see progress. Um, and honestly, LaFleur has been on the chopping block too, but I think that because of his success in the past, it's going to be more Jordan Love on the hot seat than LaFleur right now. Um, they might say LaFleur is a really good coach. They just need a better quarterback for a system or a different quarterback for their system. I would assume after the great success he's had in his first couple years, despite this year, they're going to hang their hat on LaFleur, the coach, not necessarily Jordan Love, who, yes, he was a lot of draft capital back in the day, but he is not, we haven't put that much of an investment on him quite yet. So he's pretty expendable. We wrote his contract this year just so we can get rid of him if we need to, because it's just a one-year deal. So he's a free agent come end of the season. Everyone, I think, yeah, is stuck uh, with him for a few years. But we can just give him the axe and then rewrite the book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, hold up. Uh, I, I couldn't catch all that. You're cutting out a little bit on my end, McKinley. But uh, I'm going to move us over to the, the trade deadline a little bit because there was a little bit more. Oh, sorry. I, I, I don't want to go away from the game quite yet. T. Kirk Cousins, we can't forget that. How you feeling? Kirk Cousins, Achilles tear. He cannot pull a full-on Aaron Rodgers at the end of this year. Uh, we're too late into the season. Aaron Rodgers shouldn't have been expected to even make it this year anyways. Uh, where are you at? I mean, that's that's just a kick right in the dick, dude. That's just iron toe straight to the dick, like, having a phenomenal season. He's just balling out. The team's clicking on all cylinders. Like, it's just brutal. It's brutal. And to see all the hard work and dedication he's put into the team, especially after the docuseries that came out, like, you just hate to see that that happen to him. And the fact that the QB is the number one important position in our type of offense, that's just not good. Not good at all. I'm telling you, dude, Netflix star. Yeah, but that all honesty, that was that was tough to see. And us being up in the, the boondocks of Lambeau Field, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't even realize it at first. He hopped off, he didn't sit on the ground. It wasn't until the next possession that I even saw, oh shit, Kirk Cousins is not on the field. I as well, I didn't pick up on it right away. And like to be honest, when I started screaming, you like that? <laughs> that doesn't really apply to this situation anymore. He's gone. It was it was a tough scene. And I'm going to just make a quick statement right now because I owe it to Viking fans. Um, all right. So when the game happened, the Packers were on defense. It was Vikings third and 11. And Kirk Cousins dropped back. It, we hit him just about half a second afterwards. I got pissed off because they called it a penalty for roughing the passer when it was just a bang, bang play. And I tweeted very quickly, this, this roughing the passer shit has to stop. Quickly, you know, employee of the year, great guy, but he, you know, he went back on me on Twitter a little bit on this. He said, you know, he basically disagreed in, in nice terms. I ended up uh, noticing later on that it was the worst timing of a tweet of probably all time. 
it, it was now in my defense, Kirk Cousins tearing his Achilles was a non-contact play. And this came after the tweet even occurred. Like it, but the timing, the same drive for that to happen, I feel for you guys because I like Kirk Cousins. I've been pro Kirk Cousins all year on this podcast. But because I tweeted this, not I'm going to say I don't take I don't take this tweet back. I, I thoroughly agree. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again in a couple weeks. These roughing the passer calls are fucking stupid sometimes. If you sack a guy sometimes and you land on him, it gets called a penalty because you fucking sacked a quarterback. That's ridiculous. This felt like that play. I think there was a little bit of crown helmet to it on this particular play that I tweeted about. But in my defense, I thought it was a bang-bang play. Shouldn't be called. It's just let the defense try to make a stop. All right. The one thing I will approve because of the timing of this tweet is for the next week, but no later than a week, I will accept all humiliations, all uh, insults on Twitter, texts, DMs. Uh, if you want to say that I have a small penis, it's 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 all okay. If you want to say you, you can't even make your girl finish in bed, that that's completely fine for just this week. You want to say that I look like shit, my hair's stupid, I'm dumb as fuck. Yes, just for the week, but no longer than that. I I apologize. Not for the tweet, but for the timing. That is my statement. And just to, you know, review that, I will agree that some of these roughing the passer calls, they're just outrageous. Like, there's no place in the game for that crap. Do you remember a year ago, Max Crosby sacked Patrick Mahomes? And it got called a roughing the passer. Changed the entire game. Raiders might have won that game. It was a sack. Patrick Mahomes fell down with the ball. And it's just been constant. You see it in quite a you see it in a game like almost every week now. And I thought the Packers got fucked on it twice. And I'm not gonna say the refs were why the Packers lost, because we fucking suck. But in that moment in time, I had hope. And I was just hoping that that fourth down and that punt, maybe we could have a little bit of more fun. Maybe hear the, I don't want to work. I just want to play all the drums all the day, like one more time during that big ticket we spent, you know? Yep. Yeah. You have any thoughts on the roughing the passer situation, McKinley, before we move on? Oh, I just think it's getting a little repetitive, and they need to. They keep tweaking it so you can touch the QB less and less to where a hit's a hit. If it's a sack, it's a sack. There's no need to call it rough in the passer, and I don't think there's any specific team that benefits from it when it happens to every single team every week. Yeah, it, it's it's too bad. Um, like I said, I finally got very vocal on my personal account, said it. Got some hate because we were playing the Vikings. And then Kirk Cousins, who's been an unbelievable quarterback all year. At least statistically. Um, he One of the statistically... Statistically, he was an MVP candidate this year. Um, I'm not saying he would have got it, but he was one of the best. And now he's out. And as an NFL fan, not only a Packer fan, it, it kind of sucks to see players like that go out. In fact, I'm going to say it fucking is horrible to see that happen. So... Sorry. And like I said, I apologize for the timing and I take full responsibility and I will allow lots of insults on every Twitter page, every, you know, 
text, mobile device throughout the week. So, all right. One more big news from the NFL. We got people's top 10 coming up real quick. A little college football we're going to talk about. But the Raiders fired their coach. Josh McDaniels is out the door, finally. He's a terrible coach. They should have never hired him back in the first place. He had a stint with the Broncos there, and that obviously didn't work out. The only reason that he looked good is because he was working under old Bill Belichick there as the offensive coordinator, if I remember right. And it just made him look so much better than he did. And then they gave him everything they wanted this year. He was all wanted Jimmy G is what he wanted. They gave him Jimmy G. And then Jimmy G was terrible last night. He was like six for 20-some in his passes. He had two wide-open passes to Devontae Adams that probably could have been a touchdown. One of them was way out of bounds. The other one was just way past him. They could have, like, that was a terrible game to watch. Did and, you guys see Devontae Adams just getting fucking pissed off on the sideline? Slamming his helmet up in there, and then he said, like, this guy fucking sucks or something like that. So they said what he was mouthing. Yeah. Well, and I saw this statistic on X that um, – I know Travis loves that. That's what it is. That, that. Uh, Big Twitter McDaniels, guy. McDaniels started off 7-0 and in his head coaching career. And then since then, his record's like twenty and thirty-two. So it's just gone all downhill since the since the start. He's never had success as a head coach. He's been a really good coordinator, but he's never had success at any of the three locations he's gone to. Yeah, I, I also vividly remember back in like right when we were getting rid of uh, Mike McCarthy. I was actually very pro getting Mike Mc or no, not Mike uh, McDaniel's uh, Josh McDaniel's before he went to the Raiders, and I was actually a proponent of getting him to the Packers. So sometimes you gotta respect what they do up in the front office, whether you want to believe it or not. They saw something I didn't. All right, guys, uh, you guys got any more thoughts? On NFL. Otherwise, I'm going to move my way and reveal Week 10's people's top 10, and we'll talk a little college football. Let's go into the top 10. All right, boys. So we uh, we ended up doing the show on a Wednesday this week, and we are in the midst of midweek football. It is a beautiful thing. There are games on Tuesdays. There are games on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. And there are a hell of a lot of games on Saturday. The weekend starts early these days. And to make sure that you guys got the rankings out accordingly, earlier today I did put the snippet out. And so some of you, this might be old news. However, I got to make sure you guys get it before tomorrow because you don't get it out early enough. All of a sudden these rankings for their games when they're going on, on Wednesday – don't matter anymore. It's old news for you. So trying to keep the people happy. However, officially, here's the information and the revealing of this week's people's top 10 for week 10 of college football. All right, guys, we got a couple familiar faces, but across the board, a couple new people joining the ranks. All right, guys, and at number one for week 10, we have 
Louisiana State University, 8-0 at the over. The only undefeated team left is still going alive in Week 10, boys. This is amazing. Last week, they were on a bye week, but, you know, been shaking it up every week before. So congratulations, Louisiana State. Next week, big matchup at Tuscaloosa. They're facing Alabama on the road. The total points in this game is currently projected as 60 and a half. Can they do it? We'll see what the Tigers got in them. Go Tigers. Number two, we got Arizona. Seven and one at the spread. And not the reason they're in it, but they're also seven and one at the under. A team that can just fucking do it all. This team beat Oregon State last week as three-point favorites, and they beat them by a total of three. Good margins. It's all about the margins, boys. Next week, they are going back home, and they're facing the University of California, Los Angeles. The UCLA Bruins, currently two-and-a-half underdogs. Can those boys pull off a win for the ages? Let's see what the Wildcats got in them. And by the way, remember... Not this week, but next weekend, the Untitled Podcast is on the road, technically in the air, over to Boulder, Colorado to see the matchup between the Buffaloes and the Wildcats. Arizona pulls this off this next week. We have people's top 10 implications for that showdown. All right, that's a sub note. Let's move on, boys. We have number three, Coastal Carolina. The Mullets, okay, 7-1 and one at the under. They beat uh, Marshall 34-6. to, <laughs> to six. So they're doing it by themselves. <laughs> so 47 points were on the board. When the other team scores six points, it's hard not to go under. So congratulations, Coastal Carolina. This next week, good matchup. Some people wouldn't realize this, but they're at Old Dominion. Another, I think they're a one-loss team on the year. 51 and a half points. Can that defense sustain? We will see. At number four, we have UNLV staying in the people's top 10 a little longer. Seven and one at the spread. They lost to Fresno State 24 to seven, but what? 10 and a half point underdogs? Big cover by the, the fucking running Rebels, baby. Next week, they're at New Mexico as 10 point favorites. At number five, we have the Scarlet Knights out of Rutgers. Don't tell Tony Soprano because these boys are 6-1-1 one, one at the spread. Coming off a of bye week, they face Ohio State, 17.5-point underdogs. At number six, we have USC, 8-1 at the over. These boys know how to score points. They beat Cal 50 to 45 at 67 and a half point or 67 and a half points on the board for that game. If you can't count, they only needed 17 points from Cal to cover that game. Congratulations, USC. You went over. Next week, they face Washington. They're at home, but there are six, there's 76 and a half points on the board. I repeat, 76 and a half points. Seems kind of low. Number seven, we got Vanderbilt, 8-1 and at the over, lost 7-33 to versus Ole Miss. 63 points were on the board that game. This next week, they face Auburn, 49 points on the board for that game. They couldn't do it last week, 
But the boys have been good all season, and they're staying within the people's top ten for one more week. Let's see what you can do, Vanderbilt. Number eight, we have Ohio State, 7-1 at the under. They beat Wisconsin 24-10, 48 points were on the board. Under, baby. Next week, people's top 10 matchup. I repeat, people's top 10 matchup. They are, it is Ohio State at Rutgers. 43 points on the board for that game. Can they stay under? And can the Scarlet Knights retain their spread? Let's see. At number nine, we have Oregon. The Ducks are currently 6-1-1 one one at the spread. They beat Utah 35-6. to six. Six and a half point favorites in that game. Covered, baby. This next week, they face California. They are 24-point favorites in that game. To round out Week 10's People's Top 10, we have the New Mexico Lobos. They are a newcomer for the whole year. They are 7-1 at the over. They lost to Nevada 24-34. Only 50 points were needed. They got 50 points. This next week, People's Top 10 matchup number two. We have New Mexico at home versus UNLV. 61 points on the board. Can they go over? Can UNLV cover? We shall see. First double whammy of the year, and that is this week's People's Top 10, Week 10. Congratulations to all recipients. Torian, Brian Ferentz is fired. How do you feel? About dang time. It, that seeing that that uh that thing come out on the Twitter, that shit made my life. Like no one wants to see him around Iowa football anymore. He did good. He he was good to have, but it's time to kind of upgrade and make the offense a little more modern. I think. So I got ahead of myself for the people that haven't been following as closely as some of us have. Brian Ferentz is. Stepping down at the end of the year, not on his own terms. He is essentially fired, but he is staying with the team. So he's not stepping away this moment. We get to see that beautiful Iowa offense. We get to see the programmatic offense for about four more games. Unless maybe a Big Ten championship. We get to see a couple other games. That's the beauty of football. Brian Ferentz is having his last dance. <laughs> Another, McKinley, give your take on it. I want to I want to hear what you think first. Well, I just before I give my take, I saw a funny meme and it said Kirk Cousins is looking for his current new offensive coordinator and it was just a Google search of how many kids does Brian Ferrens have. They said he's got one of his kids are on a special teams coordinator or something. So they said he might be the number one candidate. But it's about <laughs> time. it's about time Brian Ferentz is gone. But now that he has nothing to lose, maybe we're finally see those fun trick plays out of him. Because what's there? What they can't fire him any earlier when he already said he's leaving. Yeah, maybe we're gonna get the new Brian Ferentz for the last couple games. Nothing to lose. Time to pull out a, a flea flicker. Time to pull out a Statue of Liberty. Iowa, they might turn into the most fun offense in football. Give us a Philly special. That's what the people want. I, I That actually would be the greatest thing in the world. 
And uh, what are they going to do? Take it back? Can't now. Well, they technically could. Brian Ferentz, I'm really excited to see his last dance because I've, I've given him a lot of shit. I've been uh, not necessarily hard on him, but I've liked to have the laughs. I think Iowa's, you know, Iowa's AD and their athletic teams have probably just had enough of people like me telling his stats every week. I don't think Kirk was too happy about it. No, not at all. But you're right. Hey, maybe sometimes you got to keep it in the family. I'm talking about how uh, Iowa football is uh, into nepotism. I've been saying it all year, but maybe it's good for the program. You're right. Let's check the other kids. How are they good? You got a girl? Okay, well, what can she put on the table? You know, can she be (laughs) offensive coordinator now? Oh, shoot. But, I mean, it would be nice to see him pull into his bag of tricks and kind of open up the offense. What the hell's he got to lose now? That is right. Well, we will see you, Brian. Uh, not quite yet, but we will be seeing you here in a couple months. I He's going to make for the most dramatic Music City Bowl here in like two months. It's going to be awesome. The Outback Since Bowl. On the sub- Iowa loves the Outback Bowl. Since we're on the subject... Since we're on the subject of the Hawkeyes, do we think it's Kirk's last season? Will he be stepping away as well? No, 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 not yet. He he is going to be truly hurt, and I think his years are minimal now. I think they got him on contract for quite a, a while yet, but he is he might not make the end of that contract. But I it will not be this year. Even with the, the, all the changing with the conferences and the combinations of things. I think as football starts to get a little new to him, I think it's kind of squeezing him out. He's not going to like, he's old fashioned. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's, that's why his years are limited, but I don't think he's done yet. He is, he's playing good football. I mean, he's winning games. He's really doing his job and he's done his job consistently. He, I don't know how many losing seasons he's had in the last 20 years, but they're very limited, which is, it's a staple of a consistent program at the lowest, you know, it's, it's not, it's nothing. It's not a fireball offense and he'll never get fired. It's more a matter of how long does he want to stay? And I think he still is going to give it. He's still got a couple more years left in him. I would be surprised if we see him here yet in 2028, but it won't be just right now. That That's very dramatic for a Kirk Ferentz type of, you know, personality. So in his press release though, they did ask him like if he could give a definitive answer to if he'll be returning next year. But this is a typical Kirk response, I guess. But he just said on the lines like he's just worried about their upcoming game and then the next four games in front of that, nothing outside of that. But that's a very typical Kirk response as well. Yeah. But if we want to put some some sizzle on the flames. Is that him saying he's out? I would say no, but uh, hey, I, I'm going to express a little bit of curiosity now that I've heard that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to push that away. I am going to say he probably would have said that if you asked him what he's eating tomorrow or what he's doing, you know, over, I don't know how he's doing in general. He probably would answer that to any certain 
any type of things like, Hey, where do you get that t-shirt? You know, I'm just kind of focused on next week's game. We, uh, we got a big game on Saturday. Oh, cool. Uh, in the shoes, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know we're just drilling down the data from last week that that's very Kirk Ferentz. So, um, I think he didn't even really listen to the question. I think he just goes off the same script. He's like a telemarketer, except he's a football coach. Yep, and, and he said he wanted to be the voice of the team this week. He didn't allow anyone else, no other team members, to talk to the media this week except him. Yeah, like, at the same time, that would cause unneeded drama. Some people might actually voice their opinion, and he probably just is like, let's not bring in a sense of dysfunctionality. That's only a weakness to the opposing team. So, yep. all right, moving away from the Hawkeyes, we have – the first college football playoff rankings. We know who's technically in right now. Doesn't mean a whole lot because there's multiple weeks left. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to talk about next week's games here shortly. We got a gauntlet. There's going to be some movement uh, by some big teams. We currently have Ohio State at the number one spot, Georgia at the two spot, Michigan at the three spot, and Florida State from the ACC taking off the four spot right now. McKinley. Surprises? I like the outside looking in here to where I think Washington or Oregon are going to come in that Pac-12 championship, and they're going to kick out probably either Michigan or Ohio State, whoever loses that game, because they have to play each other later in the season too. I like a, I like a one-loss Oregon team over a one-loss Ohio State team. Really? Even though Even Ohio though, State has one on the road in South Bend? Yeah, because Oregon's only loss would be against Washington if they beat them, and they've redeemed their one loss if they win in the Pac-12 championship. I like Bo Nix a lot, okay. too. So I, I like that. I don't dis, I don't want to disagree with you. There's a lot at play. I'm just trying to think about it. Both would be one-loss teams. Unfortunately, Ohio State would not be the champion of the Big no. Ten. So I think that that would, that would help a lot. But I'm also trying to think, who has Oregon really? Utah, without camerizing, it's a good win. Is that really up to beating a Penn State? But their only loss is against Washington, and they lost by a missed field goal in the final however many seconds they held them. It was a two-point game right when they ended it. They showed they can keep up with anyone in that game, in my opinion. That is a, that's a good point. They barely lost. They might get their redemption game, if, and if they win the game, that's most important. Uh, people are just going to remember they lost to Washington on the road when both teams were top 10. So that, that's a very good point. Uh, Torian, you got any thoughts on the current rankings? Anybody you think that got snubbed? Not specifically, but something around uh, after after we talk specific rankings, there is one thing I do want to talk about. Okay, okay. Uh, now I'm curious. Let's let's move on. I don't have a ton of thoughts. I mean, I think Texas got snubbed. No, I'm fucking around with you. All right, what do you got, T? Well, how about the Colorado players potentially getting their jewelry stolen? What? Fuck! I didn't even see this! Okay, enlighten me. Yeah, so they said while the players were in-game, because it was against UCLA, correct? Yeah, they played UCLA. 
Yeah, they played UCLA, and mid like after the game, the Colorado players came back to their locker room. Some of their jewelry was like I, most of their players got their shit yanked. And I saw some videos. They when they were outside, like waiting for the bus to come get them or whatever. Some of the Colorado players were caught on film saying like, "Man, I just bought that shit yesterday, and it's already taken." And like, I think Sanders has a like two minute clip of him going off about how bogus it was about their jewelry being stolen mid game and how athletes shouldn't have to worry about their belongings when they're playing a game. Yeah. And then I saw, like, on the flip side, like, funny tweets about it. They're like, you're in California. What do you expect to happen there? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to call this uh, this Golden Gate. This is Golden Gate. Not the Golden Gate Bridge, even though, ironically, it's also in California. This is Golden Gate. They, they took their gold. Not yep. cool. Yep. And, I mean, could you imagine you just get back after a game – and your shit's taken yeah. out of your bag. And to, especially for a D1 program, how the hell does some unauthorized person get into the locker room and just take all their stuff? That is ridiculous. I mean, there's supposed to be security up the asshole at these big D1 stadiums. Like, it, it might not quite be professional, but there's a guard everywhere. This, yeah. is, this isn't the Western Illinois game where I tailgated in their athletic facility. This is fucking UCLA. Yeah, so I just thought that, that, that was something crazy to pop up on my feed. I never thought I'd see that. Yeah, no, I, I didn't hear about that. The only thing I saw about Colorado over the past week was that, uh, what was it, Dion hates his O-line. He said he's going to go and he's going to find a brand new line. He's going to look in the transfer portal and get a whole new line. And he told them that they're all going to get chopped. You know what? Love him or hate him, the dude will just tell you what he's thinking. And I think people will respect that. I mean, it's better than him just basically coddling you and saying like, oh, yeah, no, you'll get better. Like, he's just like, no, you fucking suck. Get better or you're gone. And if they hadn't gotten better in an appropriate amount of time, you're fucking gone. And he just basically said, I'm not seeing it. I'm looking around. I'm just going to let you know you're on the block. He said from day one, he's like, transfer portal is his way to go. He said that from day one, he's looking in that shit always. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think it's, it's, it's a pretty respectable thing to do these days because there's no one year out if you transfer. It's not like a, he said, fuck you, and now you're screwed because you picked the wrong four-year college. It's like, okay, I am not – you know, I'm not doing well here. I don't think I'm going to get a chance. So you basically have two options. Just go to a different team, which is almost no punishment anymore, except for meeting new people and getting new teammates. Uh, or you nut up and you try to outdo whoever he tries to get in your place. And you just say, fuck it. I'm going to ball. So I, I don't mind those comments anymore. But if you said that like four years ago before NIL and the transfer portal change, I would have said, you know, there's a certain level of respect you just got to have at college. But at this point, the the players are essentially – they make money off themselves now. I, I, I got to word this correctly, but they have power where they, they now can be treated just a little bit differently, you know? Is that wrong to say? No. They're, they're getting more of like the NFL business model yeah. now. It's not like – you're not going to be loyal to a program that you love, that has tradition, this and that. 
I mean, people are going for the bag, the NIL deals. I mean, there's there's multiple routes now that kids are taking in with college football. Well, you- and it's the same with, like, any other sport across it. Like, with the women's basketball, they're not wanting to move up to the next level. Money's not there. They're making bank with their NIL deals. So it's just – it's a whole new world this stuff has opened up. When you get sports like women's basketball and wrestling for the NCAA is huge too, they're going to make more in their NIL deals than they're going to make going pro, like Torian just said, to where if I was Caitlin Clark, I'd stay in Iowa as long as I could. You're going to be making, she's got a multi-million dollar deal with High V That gets scrapped or most likely scrapped when she goes to the NBA and ends up having to go to New York City or Phoenix where they don't have those, so they're not going to keep paying for her deals. And you also look at some of the most uh, high profile, uh, let's say non, how do I word this? Basically every sport that's not the two big ones. Football, you're never going to make more than football in in the NCAA. The second one is probably basketball. And I don't think baseball's that close afterwards. You got people like uh, Angelina, who is it? Angel Reese out of LSU for women's basketball. She makes a fuck ton of money. She would take a massive pay cut by uh, going pro. She had just an interview recently, actually, where they asked her, like, are you looking forward to going to the next level? And word for word, she said, I'm not ready to go there. I'm not going to rush it. And she said, I make more money now than some of the stars up there do. So why would I go there? Yeah. And think about it this way. That team is like the fucking dream team right now. I don't think anybody can touch LSU basketball this next year after they stole probably the best player out of the transfer portal. That's fucking crazy. That that team is untouchable. Yeah, they're they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. It's it'll be interesting to watch them. Yeah, and then one other Odd in woman too. I've named name dropped two women. Livy Dunn. I mean, very. She probably got mostly famous off TikTok. I think she's an amazing gymnast too. I don't know if she's the best on her team, even though. However, I don't know how it works in gymnastics moving up, but obviously she's going to stay for four years, and she's probably going to want to take as many COVID redshirt years as she probably can, so she can stay on ESPN for a consistent, you know consistent basis so yeah she makes i think the fourth or fourth or third highest get genders or uh sexes aside whatever you want to say uh she makes the third most in the nil i think it's lebron's kid and then arch and then like caleb caleb williams if i remember right that that's it then you got livy dunn her clout got so big that she no longer goes to any in-class classes. She had to move all of her things online because boys would just fucking flock her like like wolves on chickens. It was insane. Were you going to say something, McKinley? I was going to say they also got those two Miami, the twin girl basketball players. They're done. They decided not to take their fifth year. Oh, really? They're out of it? They're, they're going the social media route now. Yeah. Oh, they're just going to be influencers. Well, that will make me curious because all these players could probably end up doing something similar to that. What they did was they took like a 
a gig. They're an influencer, but they also like make money for ads for sports betting of some sort. I can't remember what it is, maybe FanDuel, but they make money for for that now. So every once in a while they like do a sports thing and then they like say, Oh, Hey, for this promo code, you can do this, you know, so, so stuff like that. So I'm interested to see if they fizzle because they're no longer, you know, their TikToks aren't as their college athletes. They're now just people. So they might be the Guinea pigs of this whole thing. Cause everybody, when you get to that level and you're in the NIL portal probably has that idea at some point. All right, let's move forward. Guys, we're going to just talk about a couple of games, but I'm going to be honest. I'm very happy that I'm staying home for a weekend before I go on a two-week trip. Uh, not full week, but two, two weekends in a row I'm going on a trip. Uh, we got Colorado, and then we got Ames, greatest city in the world. But this weekend is phenomenal. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, I'm just going to name a couple, and then we're going to go over them in a little bit more like detail. We got Missouri-Georgia, a top 15 matchup. We got Clemson-Notre Dame. Notre Dame struggling. Clemson, are they gone? Who knows, but good matchup regardless. Kansas State-Texas, that could have big implications on the Big 12. We got Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, the last Bedlam game ever. We got... uh, Oh, who was this? This was uh, LSU Alabama. That was people's top 10 implications with LSU being number one. But overall, SEC, you know, last year, Louisiana State took one from them. Are they going to do it again in Tuscaloosa? Now, let's take a step back. Emphasis that this is a great weekend of college football. Let's talk about it. Missouri. Missouri versus Georgia. This could end up being a blowout. Now, I think the spread is like 15 and a half points, but I'm going to tell you one thing right now. Missouri Tigers are a good football team. With the exception of Alabama, this is Georgia's most likely game. If they're going to lose, they're going to lose in this game. Let's go back a season, and I'm talking just one season. Missouri. Not horrible last year, but they were bottom tier SEC team. They were leading Georgia up and up until uh, a time in the second half. They were competing with one of the what some people are saying is one of the best teams that we've seen in the last decade. I, that's uh, maybe a hyperbole. We've seen some great teams, but that was one of the better teams we've seen in a long time. Yep, uh, I'm guessing there's no further comments on that. I just need to say, Missouri Tigers are feisty. I I don't want to go on a limb because George has done this to me before. I love to say they cover this spread. I, I would love to say it, and if I if I'm somebody fact check me, I think it's in Athens, and I'm saying Missouri Tigers go in there, explosive offense, fun team, and cover the spread. So. Maybe not win, but it would be so fun to see a Georgia team lose finally because at some point it gets old seeing a team win every single game. So, all right, let's move on. I'm going to hit a better spot on this one, all right? We got Kansas State, Texas. We can talk about the game. It's in Austin, Texas. 
Texas is like four-point favorites or something in the game. I am worried. I'm worried. Kansas State, feisty. I, I think they're a team we should beat if we really want to be number seventh in the nation. But they scare me. Kansas State's like a dark horse in the Big 12 because aren't they still in contention for the championship? I don't think they're going to win the Big 12. But I could see them knock a team like Texas, or I don't know if they played Oklahoma yet this year, kind of sneak one in on them. So Kansas, let me put it this way. There are like two teams in the Big 12 that are out of conference championship contention. Everybody else is like at one loss or two losses. This next week, we have these two matchups between both Texas and Oklahoma, which is going to start opening it up for everybody depending on if one of the two go down. We got Kansas State, Texas. We got Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. And hell yeah, this is in Stillwater, Oklahoma. We got a game on the road for the Sooners after losing one. This could be a trap game because Oklahoma State, I don't think they're that good. They're feisty though too. Nobody, Nobody's a, a, a gimme when you get back to these old-fashioned Big 12 teams. I think all of them are consistently solid, and it's there's no bye week in it. This is a rival game where it doesn't matter how good one team's going to be. You're always going to be a one-score game, probably no more than a 10 points. So I don't know what the spread is for that game, but if it's more than 10, I would go and take, the, take them beating the spread. Let me take a look. Uh, Oklahoma is five-and-a-half-point favorites. That's a one-score game. That's going to be a fun one. That's a 2.30 game. It is an afternoon game. Uh, some people I'm, – I'm trying to look at these matchups, and somehow Iowa State-Kansas – great game, too, by the way – is the 6 o'clock game, yet the, the last ever, uh, potentially the last in quite a long time, Oklahoma in-state rivalry, the Bedlam rivalry. We got a two thirty game. Like, are you are you kidding me right now? That seems a little off to me. The Iowa Iowa State. It's their homecoming this weekend too, isn't it? They have it is at home. Iowa State. I, I thought they already had homecoming. homecoming. They did. I don't know. I can't say for sure. I'm pretty sure this weekend, like this coming weekend's their homecoming. Hmm. I, uh, I'll have to check that. I don't know for sh- for certain, but it, I will say it's at Jack Trice right now. A scary game for Iowa State. They are a team that is, let's be honest, they're built for defense. They are able to, they're putting up some good numbers on offense, but they're not going to get into a shootout. So they know going into this game against Kansas, they need a break open. And I think you guys got a solid run game, which is going to be huge. Because I'm going to tell you one thing. You could probably, you know that old meme with that big ass black guy with his dick hanging? <laughs> that dude's that dude's massive slong can fit through these big gaps that that defensive line on Kansas is able to, you know, open up. They, they open up and they say, bend me over. They, they don't have a run stop. <laughs> Yeah, and I just fact-checked it. It is indeed Iowa State's homecoming oh, wow. this weekend. Wow. Put that cherry on top. That's big. Hey, and 
Tickets as low as $53. I'm on ESPN right now. Tickets as low as $53. Thank you from our sponsors over at Ticketmaster. <laughs> yeah. So another game I didn't even have on my list that has big implications. I'm just going to say, I need to make sure I put a segment up for the, big, for the Big 12 at the conclusion of this week because we have a lot on the line. Those two teams right there, Kansas wins, Iowa State goes down at home. That's big because that all of a sudden puts Kansas in a potential driver's seat to potentially make a little bit of noise in the championship for the conference. Uh, but then that also pushes Iowa State back. It's, it's a fucking... It, it, it's insane right now in the Big 12. So I need to talk about that next week a little bit more in detail. So that is TBD, guys, because we have a lot to see this weekend in that conference. All right, last game. Let's, uh, let's talk about one more game, and then we'll, uh, we'll finish it off over here. We have, oh, by the way, notable game, not a fun one, but we got Air Force Army. Going to be a blowout. Air Force is awesome. But, you know, uh, Defense, yeah. Thank you, thank you for your service. Type of game. I should, uh, I should throw a a bet in there just as a thank you for your service bet. Pretty good. <laughs> I'm here in Air Force guy then. I know. All right. So the last one we have USC. What was it? USC was facing Washington this coming week. It is at USC. So we have a California game, baby. Washington, USC, is Washington potentially going to be cut down? Uh, they are currently in the college football, or they are currently right on the edge of the college football playoffs. But one thing we know about the Pac-12 is they eat themselves alive. I think Washington wins it. I mean, Caleb Williamson, he's great, but that's all USC's got going for him right now, in my opinion. He's making his offense look better than it actually is. Where Washington's got the defense and they got the offense to kind of hold their own. Let's see. So I don't I don't know what the the spread is in, on this game, but part of me likes the idea that USC is uh, playing a pity game where they say it's like their version of a fuck you game because they're not a bad team. They have a very bad defense, but they're a, they're a good football team. Playing at home, I think this is a, a Pac-12 cannibalism game. Oh, I'd agree with that. Just like Washington, Oregon, the Pac-12 is like an SEC that just hurts themselves because you can't have that many good teams in one conference and they stay that good of a team. Okay, guys. Washington is three-point favorites on the road. We got 8-0 Washington at 7-2 USC. I don't know if records matter in this game, but uh, it's a 6-30 kickoff. It's not quite a night game. Actually, over on their coast, it's kind of a, like, a, like an afternoon game. So I, I'm going to say it. I would like to retire from betting, but I'm going to put my life on USC to cover three points. And by the time the game time hits, it's going to be three and a half, maybe even four. And if it gets over three, I might, I might just say, fuck it, three and a half. They're going to cover three and a half, which is uh, 
they, that allows them to lose by a field goal. I think there's going to be something sneaky. And I, I like Caleb Williams in this, this environment. At home, kind of a nobody fucking cares anymore, so might as well just rack up some stats and maybe surprise something. So this could be a Caleb Williams fuck you game. Yeah. All right. Well, any uh, anything else y'all wanted to bring up? College football? Uh, anything at all? You and I's ranked in the top twenty-five again, baby. Go Cats! We got a big game playing Western Illinois this year, this week. Okay. Okay. At you and I. <laughs> all right. So. I am going to take a look at that, and I am going to get on Twitter in the next couple days. Just know that that is the people's game of the week, all right? I'm going to tweet it out. That is officially the people's game of the week. Go Cats. Go Cats, baby. Also, I am going to get back into gambling just for the weekend again. I'm retired, but I can bet on the weekends. For, that includes Thursday, though. So tomorrow I can start gambling again because it, there's Thursday football for the NFL. So, so that's the start of my weekend. So tomorrow I'm going to start betting, and I'm going to bet the you and I Panthers on that game because I already lost money to Western Illinois. And I like Western Illinois, but you fuck with my finances, brother. Somebody's got to pay. <laughs> hey, you and I's run game's popping off, too. So it's down gruely game. Something to add to that should be a good them. one. I'll have to tune in. Reminder, you know there. Uh, there's a lot of great games we discussed earlier, but there's only one people's game of the week, and that is uh, that is you and I versus uh, Western Illinois. Did you say it's homecoming? No, they have that already. Oh yeah, that's right. We talked about it. That was last uh, a weekend ago or something. Ah yeah. All right. Hey, I have one other quick hot topic, and I know maybe people have already signed off by now, and I should have done this earlier, but I just had a question. And, I, you know, if you guys have feedback to listeners, you know, shoot me a message, uh, send us something on Twitter. I was aware that there are people in the world that reuse coffee, and I wanted to get some feedback, especially since I got two guests on this week. Is that a thing, reusing coffee? What do you mean by that? What do you? All right. What, what's that even mean? So there's two yet. There's two main ways to reuse coffee. The one thing I found out was, you know, you got the stove, uh, like the little Mister Coffee Pot. You put the Folgers in, water runs down, and it goes into that little uh, pitcher type thing. Well, when people have like a shit ton, they will just turn it off, leave the coffee in, and then next day. They will pour it into a mug, microwave it, and then they'll drink it. Is that weird? Because I, I think that's weird, but I don't want to overstep my boundaries. I don't, I don't drink coffee. so I don't drink I coffee either. A clue about that. You're talking to the Are you fucking people. with me? Okay. Maybe, maybe I need to bring this up early in the, maybe the next episode then. Okay. We're Damn. adults. We don't drink coffee. Are you shitting me? That is what makes a man. That's what puts hair on your chest is coffee. What are you talking about? Energy drinks and nicotine. Oh, my God. Come on. Here's, here's my thought process. Nicotine. Let, let me just tell you a quick story about how coffee is what makes a man. 
Now, coffee makes a man, and this is my personal uh, story that brought me into it. I was a sophomore or a junior in college. I was a junior in college. I just finished up. I decided not to play basketball this year. And so I'm like, okay, shit. So this is the real world. I'm no longer in this like little bubble of sports. So the first thing I did was I'm thinking, I got to become a man. And men drink coffee, right? So immediately I started drinking coffee. I put creamer in it. And that would make it taste more like, you know, a little sugary drink or something. Slowly but surely I realized real men drink black coffee. So I took out the creamer. I started putting in sugar packets and then I took out the sugar packets and replaced it with milk. And then sooner, but later I got rid of the milk and I was drinking straight coffee. And that was a way of me growing into a man. You want to know what else turns you into a man? Don't say it. Some fireball. (laughs) (laughs) Never too much cinnamon. Hair on your chest. That shit will put it on it. You know, if you're a real man, you would just do both. You got me there. At the same time. They actually could go together pretty well. Just pour a little bit of your fireball in your coffee. Go to work for the day. That can That's be what your the Irish do. What? That can That's be what your the... <laughs> <laughs> That is what the Irish do. Yeah. So maybe we got to be more like them. Take a note out of their book. However, I did watch a really shitty horror movie yesterday, and they were Irish. Uh, you, you can't even understand what they're saying half the time. I mean, it's like they talk like a leprechaun. But that that's a different story. I, I'm, I'm – Free balling right now, boys. Sorry about that. I I got to bring that up earlier in another episode, and I got to talk to some coffee drinkers next week. I think reusing your coffee is a little... I, I don't know the word. It, it's not right. It's not natural. So TBD, let, let's just put a, put a cap on that for maybe a week and, you know, anything else? Anything else? Just that I said from day one, Vikes are the superior team and forever always will be. This year. This year. This year. Well, I don't even know about this year anymore. We got to play them again. <laughs> yeah. Dobbs. Dobbs Nation. Dobbs. Dobby. <laughs> okay. Okay. So when I clip my stuff, I'm going to clip that video of you saying that. And every time he scores a touchdown, I'm, I'm going to like post that video. Just a two-second clip of you saying, Dolby? Sounded like an orgasm, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Dolby. Shit. Dude, I have these great ideas. Businessman over here. Genius. All right. McKinley, Torian, it is always a pleasure to have you on. We shared uh, some great stories from this past weekend. One of the best weekends uh, of the year. I'm just going to say it. I've been on a couple trips, and this this is one of the – This is up there. This is top tier. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your stories, giving us your takes. Everybody who listened, especially up until this point, thanks for tuning in. We always appreciate the support. If you have your team playing this weekend, I hope they win. If you place any bets, I hope it hits. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend.